0: hey good morning nashville you are listening to the money man mike show here on news radio 1510 wlac where we talk all things real estate and i've already started tripping up one of our guests in this house mr chris gq get it closed corvo he's over there looking at me like dude man what's what's up with these papers you just tossed me man
1: Hey man, I'm I can
0: roll with anything, so I'm in good shape. We can shape. share. We can share. <laughs> hey, good morning. How are you, man? I'm outstanding. And what about you, Andrea, Miss? I'm ooh, good.
2: Up. I'm great. Ooh. All good. Ooh,
0: ooh, ooh. Boom. Man, that's a good effort. First thing in the morning. That's a whole lot of effort. First thing in the morning for a lot of people, right there. Yeah. So I'm pretty. I already had
2: my it. cup of Joe. Got y'all y'all going, looking it's
0: good.
1: It's intravenously hooked
0: into her arm. <laughs> Intravenous. Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey.
0: It's been almost a week, but what in the world, kind of Super Bowl was that?
2: That was like the best Super I Bowl. I mean,
0: come on now,
2: um, overtime. Side note: My husband had a friend who predicted it exactly, even uh-uh. said in overtime.
0: Really? Yes. And, and he, what
2: was funny was like his Facebook feed started out with people like, "Uh, no way, nah, man, you lost." No. And then the people were like, wait a minute. Hey, you could be on to something. Oh my God, you should have bought lottery tickets. I yes. mean, and then it just went on and on and on. Yeah.
0: I remember watching it and when when Atlanta went up twenty eight to three, I'm like, it's done. And I almost said the turned same thing. it off. But I just kept watching it. And I'm like, even if New England comes back, they're not gonna tie it, they're not gonna send it to overtime. It's just, how are you going to slow down Atlanta that much when they were rolling? Like, the word oh, yeah. is like, holy cow, in 12, 13 minutes, it just went.
2: Isn't that crazy? It's insane. Well, and he's known to be a great fourth quarter quarterback. So Yeah, but that's. I mean, that was amazing, yes. Yeah. And then what well, about the halftime? Now, I'm scared of heights, so her just jumping up out of the sky and falling, no thanks, but it would look cool. I would Mike, get... you're
1: a
0: Red Sox guy. Are you a Patriots fan, or are you just like the Red Sox? Just like the Red Sox. Okay. So, I mean, I was pulling for—I mean, I was really right down the middle. wouldn't matter either way, but I was pulling for the Pats to see um, the commissioner have to— squirm a little bit, hopefully, after the deflate gate and everything else, just like, hat, boom, in your face, suspend me for four games. Brady, come out, boom, win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I just thought that would be a cool way to end the season. Um, Atlanta, I feel sorry for them because there was something, some commercial or something done in the show, um, 37 titles or some crazy number by Boston over the last, I don't know, 20, 30 years, yet Atlanta has one out of all the major
2: and they, yeah, and they've never won a Super Bowl, yeah. so.
0: So I'm like, okay.
2: It would have been nice
0: to yeah. see them win. You'd like to see Atlanta for that, but man, that's that's crazy. It's an insane game.
2: Really yeah, was. I was game. just like you. I was like, oh, this is over. Let's go play ping pong. Mm-hmm. I was at somebody's house. <laughs> Let's go play ping pong.
0: Oh man. Oh well. That's why they play the game, man. Mm-hmm. That's what it's they It's never over till it's over.
2: I bet that messed up a lot of bookies and stuff uh, too.
0: I don't know. I don't bet, so I yeah. I don't,
2: don't even know how all that works, but whatever.
0: Chris Kovori is always be, you're over there looking quiet, like dude. Oh
2: no, no, I'm just listening. Did you in, win your so, bet.
0: <laughs> no, I didn't. I
1: didn't bet. So uh, <laughs> no, we all watched it. We didn't go anywhere. We watched it at home and watched it as a family. So yeah. uh, we uh, we had a, we had a good time and. Uh, my kid was my 15 year old was uh, pushing for the Pats, and so uh, my wife was just giving him grief because the, the Falcons were all over. Not that she was oh, a Falcons yeah. fan, mm-hmm. but just giving him grief. And at the end, when they come back and won, he he was making sure everybody knew uh, <laughs> that his that his team pulled it out. So uh, it was it was it was it was a fun night, and we were trying to get him to, to make a bet with us, mm-hmm. like keeping his room clean or something. and He wouldn't do it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and he was
1: like, "Man, I should have made that bet." And I went, "Yep, but you didn't, yeah. so uh, nothing we can do <laughs> about that." So. I bet
2: a lot of Patriots fans were like they went from like drunk because they were going to lose and they are like and then they were like so elated that they won imagine being the Atlanta oh. fans oh I know oh yeah I Awful. mean that's
0: someone asked one of the Patriots guys today or I mean uh, the other day um, something about you know what would it have felt like to wake up you know the morning after if you were on the Atlantis team and he was like I couldn't even imagine don't want to imagine and he didn't want to address it which i can't blame him but still in any event it's amazing how you take a game like that and it can pull america together like it does and y'all get in there and you're rooting for one team or the other and it energizes so many people in so many different ways
1: well just like in the real estate business you have to have experience and the and the patriots had experience and it allowed them to win so that's why experience does matter
0: in all facets of people's life
2: wow good good crossover
0: that's why we call them the closer he gets it closed. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Chris Corbeau, the closer from Midtown, Tydo. So we're going to talk some little, uh, some real estate today. We're not going to stay on the Super Bowl as much as um, we would enjoy that, but we're going to get into uh, last week, a little recap for what we covered. And if you missed anything about last week's show, you can go out to moneymanmike.net or out on Facebook at Mike Radio. And get the uh, audio feeds or get the videos because we record everything, um, obviously, and post it out there. And there's behind-the-scenes stuff. You get to see things that don't even make the air and everything else. So it's really, really cool and fun to go out and look at. But last week we talked about renters spent $487.5 billion in rent. That's yeah. a lot. I mean, point, $478.5 billion. Man, that number, I can't even say it that big of a number this early in the morning. It's just crazy. But That is an insane amount of money. So if you are renting, man, you need to go check out that show. You need to check out all our other topics and the rest of the show that we're going to talk about uh, here shortly and why you need to get yourself out of renting and get yourself into a home. And if you don't think you can qualify, there's so many people that say that. Or, hey, I can't do this or I can't do that if you haven't gone and... Let somebody check you out and get you squared away, man. There's a lot of opportunity you're probably missing out on. Well, that process is free. That is true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you,
2: knowledge is power. I don't yeah. know how many times we got to stress this.
1: You don't have to spend money to find out if you can buy a house or not. You right. Know? You just got to make a couple calls to people, and they can tell you. Yep. That either yes you can or no you can, and and from there. So it's. So yeah, I don't. If you're thinking about it, I don't know why you wouldn't.
2: Exactly. Well, and even if you're like, oh, well, wait, I'm going to do it next year or whatever, if you have this mental game plan, call a lender anyway to make sure there's not something you don't know about on your credit you can be working on.
0: Absolutely. That's an excellent point. Because I think a lot of people, everyone typically has this inherent feeling of or emotion that just don't like being rejected. Nobody likes rejection. And that's why I think what... Paralyzes a lot of people, and they're fearful of being rejected. But yet, you know, the stuff saying, "Nothing ventured, nothing earned," or "Nothing something gained." Like, nothing gained. Yeah. Um, I mean, it doesn't cost anything to call us. It doesn't cost anything to get pre-approved. It just takes a little effort on your part, and that effort could end up saving you literally thousands of dollars, mm-hmm. thousands. And we talked about in previous shows how it could potentially save you five hundred thousand dollars over a thirty-year period. Yeah. Well, that's like we
1: reiterated last week that when you're making four hundred and something billion dollars in rent payments, you're making somebody's house payment.
0: Absolutely, you're just making it for
1: somebody else, Absolutely. and not to the benefit
0: of yourself. It's either yours or someone's, but you're paying a mortgage payment one way or the other. Yep. Now we're going to have to jump out the break here in a few, few minutes here, but um, the when we come back, we're going to get into talking about uh, some buyers' guides and uh, sellers' guides that we put out on the website. And it has tons of information on uh, within them, so it's free to you guys. And we're gonna tell you where to get them, and come back from this break, and we're gonna start breaking these things down and talk about buying or selling a home. You've been listening to the Money Man Mike Show here at News Radio 1510 WLAC. We'll be right back. Jam out over there, Angela.
2: That song fires me up. That's one of that's an Auburn song right there. The I, the Tiger, baby. Oh
0: yeah, I forgot about they that.
2: They always play that.
1: Hey, Rocky Three was on this weekend uh, or the weekend, hey. uh, last weekend. so I I remember watching it. So it's kind of funny.
0: Sitting here, we're coming back from break, and all of a sudden the music's playing, and you just see her eyes over there just getting <clears throat> energized, and the body language is coming in, and the pounding.
2: <laughs> song fires me up.
0: <clears throat> War Eagle. Hey guys, we're gonna get back to the real estate stuff now. And uh, I said before, you go out to the website uh, moneymanmike.net uh, and look at the buyers' guides. And these are put out there in quarterly. So there's a buyers' guide and a seller's guide. And right now we have the winners' guide out there. And the first page, you know, or the second page, once you get in, you get into the table of contents. And I mean, it just outlines anything you can possibly imagine from. Four reasons to buy a house uh, this winter or during the winter in general most of the times. Um, What's happening in the market? Buying uh, is now cheaper, 37.7% cheaper than renting. Home prices over the last year, uh, buying a home considered the cost and not just the price. The cost of renting versus buying, starting to look for a new home, what you need to know, You know, what do you need in a professional when you're buying? I mean, all the things that you're out there thinking about. You know, I don't know about this. I don't know about that. What do you actually need to get, you know, what do you need to have to qualify for a mortgage? How much do you need to save for a down payment? All the things that you're sitting there thinking, what about this? What about that? And you haven't called. A lot of those answers are right here in these uh, guides that we provide buyers and sellers. You know, for an example, we've got in... This buyer's guide for this quarter is uh, ready to make an offer, you know, four tips for success on, you know, making an offer. And a lot of people don't realize that when you're going out there, there's so much more that goes into it than just saying, hey, submit this. And we're fortunate to have Miss Andrea here today to talk about some of the strategies that she uses and educates people on when you're making an offer because – it's it's not just as simple as
2: oh no not
0: at all just saying hey here it is and so forth. So what what's some of the things that you typically coach every client on on what they should and shouldn't do and what they need to keep in mind?
2: Well, right now the way the market is, I mean, you know, inventory's low. So when a house does list, you've got a lot of competition. I mean, mm-hmm. I can go show houses and show four and see the same people at all four because they're going to look at the exact same right. houses. And then, you know, usually one will stand out, and if it stands out to you, it probably stood out to everybody else. Exactly. So, when you're making an offer, you know, there's a lot of things that I bring into it. Usually, they're kind of versed on, you know, do you need closing costs? That, you know, right now, sellers aren't paying a lot of closing costs for buyers right. because it's so competitive if, you know, you offer X amount but need closing costs, and then, you know, the next person doesn't need closing costs, they're going to take the other offer. Yep. Um, I mean, there's a lot of different things that go into it. I had some people this weekend that, you know, have a house to sell, but they don't have to sell it, and it's a rental, and they didn't, you know, they weren't planning on selling it. But then when they saw the number... For the what they were gonna need to pay to get this house, they were like, well, we'd really like to put in the contingency to sell ours. And I said, look, your house is rented; it's not even empty <laughs> right. or listed. If you have a house to sell, you've kind of that ain't really happening right now. If you have a house for sale and it's under contract or it's at least listed, then a potential seller might consider your offer with a sell of home contingency. Right. If you don't even have it listed and you still have renters in it, that's a waste of time. Nobody's looking at that, especially when they're getting calls saying, oh, well, so-and-so's also sending an offer. You know, I mean, there's multiple offers. There's a lot of factors on, you know, what will it appraise for. Mm -hmm. And another big thing that a lot of people don't realize right now (laughs) It's really easy to sell. It's really hard to buy. So if you're a seller, you're going to get your house sold. But Quickly. where are you going to go? Yeah. So finding out when their closing date and their situation is a major factor mm-hmm. now. Because you could both offer, I mean, you could offer, say, a house is 300000 and you offer 295 and the other people offer 300 but they say but we need you out in 30 days no exceptions and right. you offer 295 and you're like well i'll give you four months to find a house or right. whatever right. then they may be more inclined to take yours in if it, which is less money but it fits their timeline Absolutely. and allows them to find a house yep. so there's a lot of things you want to know up front before you just go sit down and write an offer
0: yeah, I mean, Chris. I
1: was just saying, I was talking to a client the other day, and uh, a realtor client, and he he had clients coming in from Colorado, and I guess they bought a house from maybe nine or ten, and and you know got a, got a good deal, and they sold it and did did well on it, um, right now, but they're moving to Nashville, and so they're like, you know, they want the deal of the century, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, that ain't happened, and they just you know, and he he you know, they've made several offers on properties, and it's always been really low, and. And they just don't understand why they can't get the deal, and it's just so competitive. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. like you said, you go to every house; everybody's there. The same people are there. There's ten offers coming in. They're all well over asking price. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the fact that you're asking somebody to go below asking price in this market is 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 just it's it's crazy, yeah. and uh, you're wasting it's, you're, a, waste well, it's a waste of time. It's a waste of time to do it. Not that it comes with education on the front end for the clients. I know Andrew mm-hmm. does a great job with that yes. of just setting that level where it is, but um you know we're just the inventory's just low i mean mm-hmm. there's there's nothing to buy and even the ugliest house on the street's getting sold <laughs> yeah, uh, because is. that's where so- somewhere somebody can go and you know until you know the builders can build more houses and create more lots which will free up other existing houses for people to move mm-hmm. into i mean it's a vicious cycle that goes on yeah. um that has to create more inventory for people to move to
2: yeah and prices have slowly went up but so if you're selling a house, oh woohoo, you're going to make some money, but guess what? That money's pretty much going to go in the extra Absolutely. of the one you're buying. Yes. So, it's got to roll into the next because the price on the one you're buying's mm-hmm. went up.
0: Yeah. Chris, you hit on an, an important one and it's actually listed in our uh, seller's guide and it talks about listing your your house for the appropriate price or tactics for listing your houses in a competitive market like it is today. And it's counterintuitive to tell somebody, a homeowner, hey, you're going to list – let's look at listing your house slightly below market value, whereas the homeowners saying, wow, well, so-and-so down the street sold their house for this and so-and-so did this, they want to list it for above market price. But yet to come in and give them something that's counterintuitive and say, hey, let's list below the market price or just, you know, just slightly below mm-hmm. and how that creates that frenzy, and sometimes it takes – you know, some education there, and it's it's the exact opposite of when um, you've got a buyer coming in that's willing to try to get that low house. They're, they're going in with a low-ball offer. Everybody else that really realizes what's going on, they're submitting these very aggressive offers because they've already lost out or missed out on several mm-hmm. previous deals because they got outbid whatever. And they've wised up on how strong their offer's got to be. and
2: Yeah, you get burned a few times, and you're like, just
0: offer what
1: they're asking, you know. Yeah, go above. But I tell people the story all the time, the closing I had last summer where the people sold their house. Great. They sold it in the day, got a little bit over asking price, couldn't find anywhere to go. They ended up buying a house that went up for sale across the street from the one they sold Uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh because they couldn't go anywhere else and they knew the people were going to sell and they ended up paying more for the house across the street than what they sold theirs for and it was was surprising uh, uh, yeah i mean it was literally across the street yeah and because they couldn't find anywhere to go in the district that they wanted their kids to go to school at and uh i mean it was that was a that was a terrible move (laughs) Uh, but i mean but that's 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 just the reality of the situation but it was a short move across the street it was a very short move
2: there there's one perk
1: But you'd have to definitely work with agents who are familiar with a, with a market like this to, who can prepare their clients. Because the people who are saying, hey, I really want to get the deal out a century, at that point in time, you almost it's, just put the stop on the conversation and say, yeah. look, the numbers just don't lie. This is what the data shows. Right. This is what mm-hmm. the this is what it is. Um, so I'm probably not that guy. If you think I'm going to get your house at 50% of the value.
2: Yeah, that's not happening anywhere.
0: And if there is somebody telling you that, you'd probably need to run. Yeah. Because it's just – it's not in the market, and the, these guides, these sell, sellers and buyers guides, there's concrete data in here that talks about all the stuff and backs it up with credible sources to sh- prove to you and educate you that the deal of the century, it's that's not today's market. Right. I mean, the, the deal of the century is getting into a house and capturing that, you know, locking in that price at where you bought it at and letting the market continue to appreciate and go up and have that future value, but that that instant equity. It's,
1: it's like this. If you step out on the wave, you're stepping out on the high part of the wave because you're selling your house, you feel great. Mm-hmm. You're not starting back over at the bottom of the wave, okay? You're yeah. already on top of that wave, yeah. and the only place to go is higher Yeah, at that point in time. So if you step out on top of the wave, then you're going doing the same thing. Yeah, so. absolutely.
0: Hey, we've got to jump out to a break real quick. When we come back, we're going to get into uh, a little bit more stuff on the selling side of these uh, guides and walk through a few more of these things that uh, we're sure you're thinking about and wondering, you know, how does this work? How does that work? So, you've been listening to the Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio fifteen ten WLAC. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to News Radio fifteen ten WLAC. You listen to the Money Man Mike Show. We talk all things real estate. And before the break, we we're talking about, you know, just all the different techniques and strategies that are in play, and when you're buying a house you know, what to look for and when you're selling a house, what do you need to do? What do you not need to do? And just all the stuff that you always have rolling around in your head as a consumer and a home, potential home buyer of, how do I handle this? How do I handle that? So um, you can go out to our website at moneymanmike.net and download these guides. Uh, we have a buyer's guide and a seller's guide, and they're published quarterly. And right now we're reviewing the winner guide uh, for 2017 And uh, one of the other topics that's in here is the lack of listings and how they're slowing down the market. And a lot of people, I think they get it because they hear the news and they see the articles that are being published. But I don't think they really get it. Well, the healthy supply is six months, I believe. Andrew, do you know what Nashville,
1: what our supply is running right now?
2: I think it's like two more yeah. months
1: yeah so if a healthy supply is a six month supply of houses in a normal market
2: yeah i think I mean, it's two
1: I mean, so anything below that is 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 feast or famine it sounds like and if we're running at two i mean that's uh, that's scarcity at that point in time to do that so um I, I don't see any relief in that anytime soon i mean the you know you think the rates may curtail that some by pushing the rates up but you know, everybody I talk to every time you go there there's still five, six, seven, eight offers on a house every mm-hmm. on every house that you hear and it's just competitive in the fact that there's just few houses. You know our business has been slower the last month or so. I think for that reason. I mean everybody I talk to has got good activity, but there's just nothing to sell in the minute. Something's yeah. the sell. It's like everybody runs to that house. We're like and, vultures. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> if there was more to sell, I think everybody's activity level would be yeah. would be higher than what it than what it than what it is right now. But it's just no opportunity.
2: Yeah, and I feel like for a spring, like we're just now really rolling into spring. Well, it's still really winter, but. You know, we have all these springtime buyers already out here, Mm. but the springtime sellers are not really out there yet. So, it's slow.
1: I can't tell you how many emails or Facebook postings I get or whatever just from agents basically begging, hey, if you know somebody that's thinking about selling our house, I've got 10 (laughs) buyers Mm -hmm. that are willing to buy sight unseen who have nowhere to go. And, uh, you know, it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and a lot of other thing that does, and Mike, you see this a lot, too, is that, you know, it's driven up, driven up the prices so high. I've just seen a lot of uh, issues where houses haven't been appraising.
2: Yeah. And uh, just, oh, yeah. just
1: where the, the values can't support how fast the, 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 the pricing of housing has increased. And so it's taking people back to the drawing board. Sometimes they have to renegotiate that contract, which is good for the buyer, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, um, you know the seller's obviously you might get not a better
2: deal, it. but yeah.
1: But just you know, I mean, it, you could sell it probably for whatever, but getting it to appraise is a different story.
2: Yeah. I, I had a house last year that I was going to list for two fifty, and, and you know they're about a month out, so I was like, okay, we're going to list about two fifty. So then, about two or three weeks go by, and I run the comps again, and I was like, okay, I think we're gonna list it for 260. And then, you know, we ended up like, we listed like five or six weeks from that initial, we listed it for 270, and it still went over asking mm. and it appraised. I, and, you know, the comps kept just going right. up, supporting it. Right. And I was just like, oh my God. Yeah. I mean, you know, they were just like, oh, I just never imagined. Yeah. And luckily, they were building a house, so they had somewhere to go Good. instead of like yeah. the scramble. <laughs> I mean, it's stressful. It's easy to sell, but all my sellers are really scared to list it because they're worried they won't have a house to move to. Yeah.
1: I always tell people that winter's a great time to sell your house. People think they don't want to do it, but it is because yeah. there is less competition Absolutely. to sell your house out there right now. Absolutely. Is, is to do it. So people are like, oh, I don't want to do this. It's holiday season or cold or whatever. Man, you know how many people are trying to buy a house still? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And if they're out looking during the holidays, it's serious. serious. Yeah,
2: they absolutely are serious. Yeah, they, they've
1: got to have somewhere to go, and there's still people relocating to the mm-hmm. city, and uh, they've got to put their family somewhere.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's interesting the comment you made, Chris, about um, you know rates going up and slowing, potentially slowing down the, the market somewhat. But I think the only slowdown we're seeing is contri- uh, completely contributed to or attributed to the fact that. Uh, the inventory is so low because when you go back in history and look at the rate increases, there's also been a big surge in buyers jumping off the fence because they want to get in before the market gets any higher. And here it's a double-edged sword because not only the value is going up on a month-to-month basis, you potentially have rates going up as well. So I think there's going to be more people in the market, but it's going to be harder and it's going to be more of a Cutthroat kind of situation of trying to get that contract accepted and how you can sweeten your offer to appease or to help the seller in their situation the best and figure out some way to
2: yeah. stand the out. The timeline is yeah. going to be a big factor. And the appraisal, mm-hmm. I mean, which has been, I mean, that I've been writing offers really savvy in the last year or two, just based on the appraisal yeah. and how you can word it to where it works in everybody's favor. Should it not appraise, because everybody's fighting over houses, but the timeline's going to be a big deal. I think you're going to see a lot more of that mm-hmm. this year too.
1: So, when you're showing somebody a house and you're trying to figure out kind of a, a, an offer to make,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, you're running comparables to try mm-hmm. to see if it's comparable in there. Uh, I assume you, you're prepping people if you're going over asking, saying there may be an issue with the appraisal here. or yes. I mean, you're you going to kind of know what the house is worth, right?
2: Absolutely. I'm going to write in there based on, I mean, you know, and every one of them is a different situation, but. I'm going to, a lot of times I'm writing in the offer that should it not appraise for X amount of dollars, we'll give you, you know, two grand out of pocket or whatever over right, appraisal. Right. Or, I mean, Sweetened there's a offer. bunch of different ways you can, the verbiage can go, but. You've secured a lot of deals that way Oh, last year. absolutely. I mean, but it's right now, it's the way inventory is. I mean, like we're normally every weekend I'm out showing houses. Like this weekend I showed one couple and the reason was nothing listed that any of my other, there was nothing to go see. Wow. Literally nothing to go see. I have buyers ready to go. And I was like, yeah. And the one couple I have, I've been showing for three or four months. And I'm, I'm just like, when they finally see one they really like, I can I, all I can do is just pray that they actually get it. <laughs> yeah, right. Because, uh, you know, people are making five and six and seven offers before they're getting a house.
0: I, I remember last year we were talking clients through, and th- th- this is, I find this to probably be one of the most, difficult conversations to have with a client and because I feel like it's gonna come off to them as if we don't care about their money or we don't care about spending their money but to try to get a client to understand hey yeah it's offered at 350 but you need to you need to go in at 355 or 360 mm-hmm. and then the initial response or the reaction is they kind of look at you like why do, or why are we spending five to ten grand more why are we not five to ten grand less and they have to lose A couple Uh of those situations. Before they they understand. Then
2: they're like, never mind, go 360, just do
0: it. Put whatever you think on it to get it.
2: And I do, and another thing, if you manage to get to a house and you're the very first offer on the table, I stress to people, I'm like... If you're, we're the only offer right now and we know we're the only offer, offer them what they're asking. Don't give them any reason to hesitate. If you mm-hmm. offer what they want for it, mm-hmm. they can't say no as long as you're the only offer. Right. So if you're like, well, well, let's offer a little less. Yeah, just give it up. You're not going to get it. Or you're going to yeah. wait till there's then multiple offers. You're, you're going to drag your way. feet. Yep. And it's going to cost greedy. you money. Yes.
1: So that being said, stuff's so aggressive out there. I, I hear, you know, talk of saying like East Nashville, you know, there's a... It's, there's a lot of inventory sitting out there, like new homes and stuff mm-hmm, like there that. There is. So if there's this shortage, why is the inventory sitting out there in East Nashville? Is it because of pricing? It's because they're or? new
2: builds. They're expen they're expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just I mean, there's obviously certain price points that more people are in. Right. Like if you have a five hundred thousand dollar budget and you want to live in East Nashville, yeah, there's a bunch of houses. So, but, you know, most people are like 300 right. or 350, you know, like wanting to live, you know, it depends on.
1: So the shortage is in the price point, oh, not yeah. necessarily the number of houses that are yeah. out there. I
2: mean, and it depends on the area too, but yes, that's a big factor.
0: Yeah, but I see.
2: Like, had a builder built, okay, well, I'm going to build, you know, five houses here for 300 and five here for 400. Then they would be moving those houses, <laughs> mm-hmm. even if they were smaller. But they've built these big, ginormous houses that they now are sitting. I mean, they're going to sell eventually. But
0: I was about to say with people relocating from San Francisco, mm-hmm. Chicago, New York, all the bigger cities are coming here. Going, you only want what, and I get that much house. So you yeah. know they're they're so used to spending a million bucks for the same house. I mean, you mentioned Colorado. We we got a client that moved out there, and they never could find a place. It was they have a, like a three or four hundred thousand dollar here house here, out there they were looking at seven, eight, nine hundred thousand dollar deals, and still losing oh, yeah. out.
2: My best friend sold her house in Colorado in Louisville, and I mean they bought another one, but the one they sold would be comparable to a, like a house in Donaldson that would be maybe two fifty, and they sold theirs for, I think five fifty. Mm-hmm. It's insane. I mean, just like a little cookie cutter house, vinyl siding. Yeah. Nothing.
0: It's it's crazy.
1: I hear about people's uh, like I mean we're going to hit the break here. I know, but people's like want and need starting to change in that area. You know, the tall skinnies. You know, people's tastes are changing a little bit
0: in oh, the yeah. area. Conforming. Yeah. Hey, we got to jump out to a break. When we come back, we're going to pick up on that conversation and uh, talk about a few more things out of this uh, sellers guide for winter 2017. You've been listening to Money Man Mike's show here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. We'll be right back. Trees went back Me and Dale were singing Another so good jam right here. <laughs> just sit here and listen to Scooter play music all morning. Hey, this is Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio 1510. And before the break, we're talking, um, you know, just all sorts of Data, man. I mean, I've got my brain going in so many different directions with all the numbers that we can talk to you guys about. But the inventory that's out there and how that is just driving up prices, um, but also making it a
2: more stressful. Yeah,
0: stressful. I don't doesn't even describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris any any good adjective to describe what it's like when you're sitting here you're trying to find a house to locate into or locate your family into it's just yet... chaotic
1: and and uh you know it, when people's families involved it becomes personal yeah at that point in time and sometimes the decision becomes irrational so that's why you mm-hmm. have to work around ground those people, people. well ground will ground them in and you know just because people are going over On asking price doesn't mean that's the right thing to do on that house and uh you know you got to have somebody that's a voice of reasoning saying i think we'll be okay if we do this but i don't think we'd be okay to do this because i mean ultimately it's the buyer's decision but you know you don't want to bury them in a house that you know they're never going to get out of price wise to Mm -hmm. do that And, and and that's just consulting with them and understanding what their people's needs and wants are uh, to uh, do, I think that's why we all kind of got in this in this business was the consulting part and mm-hmm. the training and the teaching and the helping part mm-hmm. uh, to do it. I always ask myself why I try to remind myself why did I get into it not what I do but why right. why I do it yeah because you, you want to help people and a, a lot of the why is because there's a lot of bad information out there for people and they're making ginormous financial decisions Absolutely. about what they do and and it's important that I get that I give them the best information I have and I know we are, we're all
0: like-minded like that yeah. Well put. And, you know, to come back to the house prices and, and going up, uh, the Federal Housing Finance Agency showed the year-over-year prices last year regionally for us was up 5.54 percent. But that takes into account Mississippi, Alabama, and Kentucky. Which probably brought
2: it down. Which
0: exactly brought it down. You go, you can see that very evidently. Um well, very obviously, in the year-over-year prices by state in Tennessee was 6.5 when you average everything from tip to tip, you know, south border to north border, or state lines, rather, um, and still you turn into – Davidson County and some of our surrounding counties, we're seeing numbers that are higher than what you think, 5%. like 10? Yeah,
1: double. Well, the mayor sure. announced last week, I don't know if y'all saw that, that they're going to be doing uh, reappraisals in Nashville, and she feels that almost every property in Davidson County will be yeah. increased 30 to 35% mm-hmm. value mm-hmm. Uh, to do that. Not 5%, not 10%, 30 to 35% yes. yeah. increase in property values yes. um, to do that. Now they'll have to adjust the tax rate down because taxes can't be increased without a vote. Uh, by the citizens, but that's the next thing at that point in time, it's going to vote to increase the tax rate, um, to increase revenue. So, even yeah. if you had a $100,000 house, they're going to come out and appraise your house at one hundred and thirty to 135000 at that point in time, mm-hmm. um, and so, I mean, that's that's a third. So, think about your property taxes. If you paid $1,000 in property taxes, they're going to increase that by a third uh, uh, to do that, and so, I mean, it can get it's going to get be substantial. It's a
0: significant
2: chunk yeah. of change. Especially people that have like a fixed income and stuff. That's going to be really hard on them.
1: Well, I mean, for so long, like the,
2: elderly people yeah. and stuff.
1: For so long, our values just not have adjusted... The, the tax values have not adjusted to what yeah. the sales is. That's true. Are. Yeah. That's
2: very true. I mean, people, I'm like, oh, don't even look at that. That's that's not accurate.
1: So it's it's been it's lagged behind this growth that we've had as a city. And of course, people got to pay for these. I mean, you got to pay for the services that come in, mm-hmm. and um, and so it's. It, it, I'm not surprised. Um, I mean, I don't want to pay any more taxes than I have to, but it's going to be substantial.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's seems like that's becoming more and more of a daily occurrence or, you know, a weekly at least where you're hearing about people unfortunately being forced to relocate because of the development and everything and the taxes are going up and they just can't afford it because I'm not – I read that? or understood that to be that until they sold, it wouldn't trip or they wouldn't be reassessed. But yet I'm confused on – if it's a broad brush, everybody gets pay, everyone has to pay more taxes, and some of these people are already having to be pushed out in some cases.
1: I, as far I, as I know it's a broad brush, but, I mean, you see, I, I, can t- I can't tell you how many uh, assessor cards I look at of people's houses when you're closing, especially in Green Hills, where the house is worth a hundred, but the lot's worth $400,000, you know, because all the value's in the land, it's right, not right. in the house, and that's how they're building these McMansions out mm-hmm. there is that, you know, there's no the, the house just brings no value. It's just all in the, all in the land itself. and but it's it's you know it, that will undoubtedly push more people out because they just can't afford the taxes, especially yeah. some elderly folks. Mm-hmm. You know they have tax freeze and stuff that's out there. Um, you know you still have to pay it if you go to sell your house. It just kind of defers the taxes
0: of, of what's of what's out there. So,
2: and if you have questions about it, you can call Chris at Midtown Title.
0: Absolutely. And yeah. if you don't know Chris's contact information, you go out on the website or on Facebook and look under contacts, and you'll see his GQ mug.
1: And you can go to our website, MidtownTitleTN.com.
0: Boom. There you have it. So, what do you guys see? Well, where do you guys see the market going over the next year to two years?
2: Up. Continually. I mean, I think it's going to stay steady. I think from forecasting stuff, I think the market's going to stay steady until like 2021. That's what I've been told. I've seen a lot of that. Um, I think that. I don't know if the inventory is going to pick up or anything. I don't think it will this year, really. I mean, it's because you're waiting on builders and, you know, there's so many factors that go into it. And I don't think prices can continue to go as rapidly up as like they did, say, last year, at least in some areas, because it's just going to price everybody out.
0: That's That was what we were th- talking about during break that I was sitting here trying to come up with. Um, prices um, will continue to go up. But not at as as rapid of a pace, yeah. yeah. But they expect it to come down at a lower trajectory, a lower angle. Mm-hmm. Um, but they still expect expect them to continue to increase. Yeah. So I wouldn't
1: be surprised if there was some sort of uh, correct correction in the market. You know, we talked a little bit ago about some of these properties that, that you see sitting like in East Nashville or some of these areas where they've gotten just too pricey for people to afford. I mean, there is a ceiling for when the buyers will and won't spend money. Yeah, right. that's true.
2: And, there absolutely is. And
1: and I don't know if those houses have any hope, but the ones that are going to be built, people have to then adjust to build for what people are wanting, whether that's a house with a garage, because some of them don't have garages, or maybe mm-hmm. it's a house with a yard, or maybe it, it's, it's got three bedrooms instead of two bedrooms, or, or, or whatever it is that the market has to ad- correct itself, but... Um, I, I you know, I, if anything happens, I think there'll be a, a price correction in the market to try to accommodate for what people's wants are now because now it's just not the millennials or the urban people, uh, the urban people or urban uh, kid, young kids or whatever moving in um, to the city. You got families moving into the city yeah. and mm-hmm. the wants of a family are different than the wants of uh, yeah. uh, uh, of, of people who don't have family or the millennials or, or, or just singles or, or whatever it is. And I think you have to find some way to incorporate that in. It's hard, but it,
0: I think there's got to be some yeah. way to incorporate that in. I wrote a note down, and we'll try to address this next week's uh, next week's show, I should say. Uh, and I think you touched on a key thing of you know the houses are where they're at, or the prices are are where they're at, and people's income, you know, it has to be able to support that, maintain their quality of life, but then also the dynamics of whether they're single, they're married, or you know what's the situation with the family. And I'd be curious to know, and I'm going to try to find the number of if there's a chart that shows current income, and I know it's out there, current income for, you know, the average Nashvilleian or Davidson County person, you know, Williamson County versus, uh, you know, say five years ago or 10 years ago, and see if that median income is increasing at the up same with the rate. Yeah. Or if they're starting to see, you know, some disparity there.
1: Um, That's probably a skewed number when you're talking about downtown Nashville, just because there's so many different types of properties as opposed to the suburbs itself. I I mean, obviously, I'm going to guess that someplace like Williamson County, that numbers going to, the numbers are probably going to be pretty similar moving up. Because um, the house values have increased so substantially, but there's a lot of corporate work out there now. Right. But um, I, you know, I would guess it has to be for people to be able to support purchasing some of these properties mm-hmm. uh, that do that. But I, I don't. I think you'd be shocked of what it would be in Nashville. I think people are having to adjust their lifestyle to be able to afford their house some more. And you got you're the money man, so you would know better than money man, Mike. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, it just seems to me that like people have to. Uh, because housing's so expensive, they have to come up with other ways to make it work. Whether they're cutting here or multi-generational families or or or, or whatever, because they still want to own a house, but yeah. maybe they just can't because they're just they're, the wages have been still you know
0: relatively stagnant. Yeah, I've definitely seen a trend uh, or change in the trend with what we see on a typical borrower. I mean, it's it, there's a lot of more money down. You know, people are definitely more aggressively with that. And if they've got a house to sell, then they're obviously rolling that over. But I also see a lot of people taking, when they do have a house to sell, they're paying off every other piece of debt that they have, mm-hmm. putting some money away, and then using some different strategies on uh, how to, you know, set up their new, their new mortgage, whether they're doing the 20% down or if they're doing something with the the mortgage insurance, buying out of it. So they put a little bit more money down at closing to get rid of the MI, but if they're going to stay in that house for for you know so years or more, then they're saving two or three hundred bucks in their monthly payment by doing that. So it's paid a little now to save a whole lot later, and just different strategies that they they want to do and to, to make it affordable for their their family.
1: The two things I see the most of that I have that that I've seen a lot the last year and a half are cosigners, yeah, and gift funds. So, uh, a lot of the younger folks are buying houses, which is great. I'm glad to see that, Um, but they need help. Mm-hmm. And so they either have a co-signer of a parent uh, who are signing. And and, and these aren't 19, 20-year-old kids. I mean, these may be 25, 26, 28-year-old right. 20, kids. Um, but they'll either have a, a family member, or a, a parent co-sign, or they're getting gift funds to try to purchase the house mm-hmm. because because the market's gotten uh, the, you know competitive to do that. And so I think that's how a lot
0: of people are getting through. But we see that all the time now.
2: Yeah, gift funds I see all the time.
0: Yeah, and it, gift funds – the process to do them is, isn't any easier. But, so
1: gift uh, funds, if, in case our listeners you listeners don't know, it's when you have a family member or, or somebody who actually gives you part of your down payment as a gift, you right. just can't hand the money over to that person to right. go put it in their account. That money has to be sourced by the loan officer so they can determine that you legally obtain that money. Right. Yeah, there that,
2: has to be a paper trail. A yeah. paper
1: trail of those funds. And so it's called gift funds. You have to do uh, write letters of explanation and, and figure out what's going on
0: and it's it's a very simple process but you know i think people are wising up to it with the internet and realizing hey you can do it on fha and conventional now whereas a lot of people just thought it was all straight fha and that's it so hey we got to jump out to a break real quick when we come back we're gonna finish wrapping up and talk about everything actually no we're out man scooter can't we go a little bit longer buddy No, we got to go. We got to go. He's kicking us out. (laughs) Hey, check us out next week. Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. We'll be seeing you then.